Hello, this is Robert Lee. And Sam. And welcome to the fourth episode of our podcast, Third Row from the Front. Uh, this week, or today, I guess I should say, we will be talking about the Christopher Nolan film Tenet, which, man, that was actually one of the few movies that we wanted to see last year. Uh, we're really big Christopher Nolan fans, and of course, we all know what happened. Uh, it kept getting pushed back, and finally it did get released in the theaters, but we were still like, no, we're not going to go to the theater to go watch any movie, so we basically just had to wait until it was available for rent, and it just came out for rent recently, because I think before this this week or last week, it was only on sale, and I, was, I didn't know if I wanted to pay 20 bucks to buy a digital copy of a movie. So anyway, let's get into it. What did you think of Christopher Nolan's newest film, Tenet? So... I liked it, um, but if you thought Inception was like hard to understand, this one is kind of on that level, maybe even a little more. We're definitely going to have to watch it again to see what we missed and to see if we understand it more. Um, but I think the lead character, the John David Washington, who plays the protagonist, he's the lead character, um, He's from. he was the lead in Black Klansman. I think he did a great job. I think that was a perfect role for him. I loved him in this role. Um, he did really good. And I didn't even realize his name or his character's name was protagonist until like the end of the movie. Yeah. So if, if you notice, I didn't really give a synopsis at the beginning of this. And that's because even if I wanted to, I don't think I could really explain... So I'll try to give you the gist of it. So as with most of Christopher Nolan's movies, it's a labyrinthine uh, plot. Like you have this. So a lot of people like to watch movies and do other things. Like oh, I'm you know I'm gonna you know fold clothes or I'm gonna wash dishes or whatever. You know it's kind of like in the background. You cannot do that with Christopher Nolan movies because you will be lost if you're not paying attention to every single detail. So this one is about if i can (laughs) wrap this up as much as i can is about um it's some undetermined time i'm thinking in the future maybe a couple years from now um basically somebody in the more you know further into the future has developed a way to reverse time i think but it's not in the way that you... So not, not even linear either, apparently. They said it's not linear. So not so much reversing it to where it's completely backwards of when, when something happens. They've just said, you know, time is not linear, so don't think of it that way. Right. And then it's funny because there's a scene at the beginning where you think you're going to get lots of exposition. There's a scientist that's trying to explain this whole process because basically... Um, it's, it, they discover these bullets that are being, that can be sh- fired in reverse. And I forgot what the term that they used, but anyway, so bullets like come out, you'll see like a bullet hole and you're like, where did this come from? And then all of a sudden the bullet hole disappears and the bullet that sh- was shot through that, that created that bullet hole, all of a sudden it, it you know, re- reverses into this, to the gun it's very hard to explain. And it's funny because like I said, the scientist that's explaining this, she literally tells the protagonist, don't worry about understanding it. It, Don't even try to understand understand it, it. which is funny. It's almost like they're telling the audience, like, don't worry, just enjoy the ride. That's basically what I got from that exposition there. So I'm sure it makes sense in some kind of quantum theory 
you know, because this Christopher Nolan, I'll say this, he does his research. Like he he talks to to actual scientists who study, you know, quantum theory, physics, and all this all this stuff. So he tries to make as much sense and make it as as realistic as possible as as we can be. But anyway, regardless, the 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 whole plot is John David Washington who plays literally the the protagonist. He even is referred to as the protagonist in the movie. It's kind of weird. Um is trying to stop like World War 3 basically from occurring because in the future this is going to cause the world to end as we know it. Not even like a nuclear war. It's just going to just like, we're going to stop existing. It's kind of like that paradox theory. <laughs> you start thinking back to the future and like, oh, you know, if I kill my grandfather, would would that stop me? Like, how would I be alive in order to have done that? You know, you start, they start talking about all these like time travel theories and everything. I will say this, the movie itself looks amazing. It was like, there's shots in there where I'm like, how did they do this? Because, not everything is moving in reverse. So there's people that are moving forward and then some of these objects or people are reversed. And so they're, they have that weird look of, of something that was shot in reverse, but it's interacting with somebody that's moving forward. So I don't know how he did that, but it looks crazy. Yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> and the music too, it, it like kept you energized. It was really cool. It was suspenseful music. I think it matched really well too. Yeah. With everything going on. Yeah, Chris Nolan always has great music in his movies. Um, he usually gets, uh, God, I forgot his name, but he did all the music for Inception and the Dark Knight trilogy. But this time he got, um, I think the guy's name is Ludwig Göransson. I could be wrong on that, and I apologize if I got his name wrong. But he does he does the music for The Mandalorian, and he also did the music for Black Panther. So he, he's one of these kind of newer, young, up-and-coming um, uh composers and he does a really good job with setting the tempo and it sounds very futuristic but it like matches the the movie really well and let's not forget robert pattinson was in this movie and i think (laughs) he did a great job he did i i i i hate that robert pattinson gets kind of pigeonholed because because he was in this crappy twilight Twilight movies i'm you know what i'm saying crappy i've never seen them i just assume they're crappy but he he's a good actor. He's I mean he was Cedric. He's a really good actor. He was Cedric Diggory in, in Harry Potter. Uh-huh. <laughs> but he's been in like really good movies. He was in um he was in that Willem Dafoe movie, The that Lighthouse. Lighthouse. <laughs> which was a weird movie, but he was good in it. Um he he's he's good in this movie and um uh he's basically uh like the protagonist's CIA connection. So he's kind of helping him get to uh, solve this mystery of who is the person that created this weapon and how are we going to stop this? And you learn some things about him further along in the movie that make you go, what? But um, again, it's one of those things we're going to have to watch again um, because... Yeah, it was pretty cool when... Even when they introduced Robert Pattinson's character, I was kind of like, wait... What? Because he was already talking <laughs> to the lead character yeah. and they were talking, you know, as if they already knew each other they, and so, they were already working on something. And like a few minutes after they were talking, you know, going on about their business, I was like, wait a minute, who is this guy? I don't even know who this guy is. He yeah. just like popped up and I just realized like they're already starting to talk about a mission or something. Like, where did he even come from? Like, who called him? Like, you know, I was so confused. But you know, at the end of the movie, like you realize, like 
they tell you time is not linear and you figure out like Christopher Nolan put these different characters in the right place for a reason or they he put these these everything happens at the right time you know for a reason at the end it, it makes more sense so it's it's really cool yeah i mean again every little detail that christopher nolan i mean anybody that makes a film you know they'll of course i remember learning this in you know in college and film class they would say you know uh, any anything that's in a film was important because you know, film is expensive. They're not just going to put something that's useless on the screen. And, yeah. and that, that goes like twofold, I believe, for Christopher Nolan. Every single thing I feel like is, 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 is just the way he wants it. Even the names of the characters. So there's, so Tenet itself is a palindrome, right? So it's the same forward and backward. There's other characters that have names um, that are basically the reverse of something of another clue or something else in the movie and i didn't even notice that until after the movie um i looked i i was doing some research and there's a thing called a is a, a sarger square i forget what it's called but it's basically mm-hmm. this ancient like greek square you can look it up on it's an actual thing and it's got five of those names that are on there they're all related to the movie so you know this guy does his research and he, he's meticulous about every little detail um and everything means something so uh that's there's definitely a lot of that here i would i would kind of describe this as like a, a cross between inception and memento one of his i think it was the second movie actually uh, if you've ever seen memento or if you've never seen it i would definitely recommend that one as well it's like a, a precursor to this where you have to kind of learn how to watch a movie <laughs> how to watch one of his movies because everything in Memento is like, each scene is like uh, the previous, like each scene is like what happened before that scene. It's weird. Like you're watching something in reverse. So I, I, it definitely reminded me of that when I was watching this. Like that was his his um, starter pack for this movie. Yeah, I've never seen Memento. What? I've seen like parts of it. Okay, we're watch so like I kind of get what you're saying. But, <laughs> you know, I've, obviously I've seen Inception. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I would agree. It's like a cross between that. It's like I like movies like that where you, you, you're forced to pay attention to everything. Yeah, I would say Christopher Nolan's good at making like smart action movies because it's an, it's an action movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of action scenes, but you also have to be paying attention. You can't just sit there and go, oh, look at the pretty things exploding and cars flying through stuff. That's fun too, you know? Um, but I love when there there's these like, brain teasers you have to kind of really pay attention and yeah like his aren't predictable like right, the other like <laughs> okay for example i'm just gonna say fast and furious movies what? like How jam-packed full of action <laughs> <laughs> but they're predictable you know who's gonna win you know eventually you know who the quote-unquote good guys are yeah. like you know like whatever these ones are, are his movies christopher nolan's movies are just unpredictable and full of action yeah and he gets a lot of, I, I know there's it's it's funny because you know anytime you get this popular you're gonna have a backlash so there's there's definitely a backlash against christopher nolan some people say like really yeah <laughs> some i mean they made fun of it on rick and morty right and even on south park they basically say like it's like he's trying too hard to be like cerebral. <laughs> like, like, come on, just because you're you're so smart doesn't mean your movie's any good. That's what the, that's what the joke was on South Park, and I think even on uh, on Rick and Morty. I think they made fun of it on Community actually, 
when Donald Glover was like, I don't get inception. <laughs> yeah, because it's like it, some people like love to be pretentious and be like, oh, because it was it was, you know, you have to be smart to get this movie. You know, like some people like reject that and they're like, no, I don't just because I didn't get it or didn't care for it doesn't mean I'm stupid. But anyway, yeah, like I didn't get it. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't get what happened or who created what or what was yeah. going on. But I still enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie. Yeah. And I do feel like if we watched it a second time, definitely we'd be like, oh, that's what this was. Remember that part at the end? You know, like yeah. everything, everything like you're seeing at the beginning probably ties into what's going on at the end. And you're like, oh, OK, that makes sense now. Um but yeah, it's definitely definitely a movie you I mean, unfortunately some people are like I don't want to watch a movie twice, but you probably don't have to. We still enjoyed it. It's just is one it's a movie you want to watch again so you can catch what you missed or maybe yeah. maybe what you didn't understand the first time. Um I kind of thought about the Matrix cuz they have the red yes. and blue colors. Yes, yes. And there's even a scene on the like Kind of in Matrix Revolutions, there's a or not Revolutions, Matrix Reloaded, the second one. There's a big scene involving like the the freeway or the highway where they're like all oh, the cars. Yeah. That reminded me of that because there's a big car chase scene, which is insane. Because <laughs> again, there's a car that's chasing another car, and then all of a sudden that car is coming back like in reverse. in reverse. It's like coming through all these other cars, and, and it's like swerving, it looks going crazy. Yeah, they they did a great job. Whoever the cinematographer was, and uh, they did amazing work on this. Um, it just looks really cool. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think of of anything else that I'm missing. But I think we pretty much covered it. Unless you can think of anything else, I recommend the movie. I know Sam does too. I recommend the movie. It was, I think it cost like five ninety nine to rent. So. I would pay the five ninety nine yeah. to rent it and watch it again. We rented on we rented it on iTunes, but I think it's available like on Amazon and everywhere else. Uh, or if you want, you can just pay the twenty bucks. It's funny because we complain about paying these prices, like oh, I don't want to spend that much money to rent a movie, but it's like. We're not going to the movies, and going to the movies used to cost like 50, 60 Oh my God, bucks. because I would buy all the food, I would <laughs> so buy all the like, snacks, all the drinks. It's just spoiled. We're just spoiled. Yeah. Um, so I guess we are saving money staying home and watching it, even if we pay the $20 to buy it. Yeah. And then you, can, you even have, like, I think they give you like 24 hours to watch it. So I, we could have gone back and watched it again if we wanted to, but we just decided not to because it's too fresh in, in our minds still. And it was a long movie. That is true. It was a very long movie. It's, I think it's about two and a half hours long. I thought it was getting towards the end, and then we paused <laughs> it, and we saw like an hour left. I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Okay. And then just when you think like, okay, I've got this all figured out, then they add another thing to it. It's like, oh, wait, what? There's these turnstiles that, what? They trick. Anyway, it's it's a lot to, to, to go over, and I couldn't even explain it if I wanted to because I'm not that smart. Um, but it was really cool. I highly recommend it. I enjoyed it more. I know this is going to be a, a, a bad opinion, a, a bad take, but I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed Dunkirk. I know that's like his masterpiece mm. or whatever, but I think because Dunkirk to me I'll was agree. <laughs> Dunkirk was more of a conventional movie. I, I think the problem with Nolan is he's kind of painted himself in a corner, kind of like M. Night Shyamalan. Like Shyamalan, you're always going to expect a surprise ending. Like, ah, there's going to be a twist ending. There's got to be because after Sixth Sense, every movie he has... It's got to have a twist ending. So when you don't get that twist ending, you're like, what? What's this crap? So with Dunkirk, I was like, wait, this is just like a war movie. 
<laughs> There's no twist in this. And he's still this. covering Tom Hardy's face. <laughs> There's no like the weird like setting. time travel or any like space travel, nothing. I mean, he did do that whole like each each story was like one was an an hour, one was a day, one was a week. That was interesting, I guess. I didn't even get that until after the movie. I was like, oh, this was taking place during different mm-hmm. times. Anyway, I'm not even supposed to be talking about Dunkirk. That's not the movie we reviewed, but. My point being, I enjoyed this more than I enjoyed Dunkirk. Did um, you enjoy it more than Inception? No, I probably enjoyed Inception more. Because I think I understood Inception a little bit more than I enjoyed, I mean, understood yeah, this true. one. Um, but they're still, I think they're they're equal. They're they're good. Like, I was going to say, I think they're equal or I even enjoyed this one more. Because really? I couldn't figure this one out. Okay, okay. Even though Leo or... or uh, Yes, Joseph Tom Hardy, Leo DiCaprio, <laughs> Joseph Gordon Levitz wasn't in this movie. I mean, John David Washington's pretty attractive, and so is Robert Pattinson, I guess. Yeah, uh, Robert Pattinson, uh, but John, <laughs> what's his name? David Washington. David Washington was very attractive in this movie. <laughs> they have him dressed very nice. Um, yeah, he was cool. He was cool as hell. I liked, I liked him, like you said, in, in Black Klansman, the Spike Lee movie. He was really good in that movie but i feel like adam driver kind of stole the show from him in that movie yeah <laughs> so in this one he got to be like and adam driver is pretty hot too <laughs> in this one he got to be like the 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 proper leading man the proper yeah like, i'm star. glad he gave him this yeah this like leading role like yeah robert pennison was there but i mean this entire movie followed john yeah, david from start to finish washington yeah. like he was in every scene mm-hmm. and I think he just, he did an awesome job. I think he's a really good actor. Oh, I forgot to mention. So Kenneth Branagh's in this movie too. And he's like the villain. <laughs> See, and all that like, oh, yeah. all that exposition and everything, I forgot to mention that the, the bad guy is, is Kenneth Branagh and he's like playing a Russian guy. He's really good at it too because yeah. he's pretty... He's pretty scary. He's pretty scary and yeah, you don't know what he's going to do. Yeah. Anyway, we say check it out for sure. Uh, but definitely... Go see it. Go see it or rent it, but be prepared to pay attention don't be like dog sitting at the same time or something, <laughs> you know. And don't get mad if you can't figure it out. Like, just yeah. Don't know. think you're stupid because yeah. Just read about it after or watch it again or something. Yeah, but definitely, definitely watch it. Good, good times. Yeah, it was good. All right, I think this wraps up this episode. Um, please join us again next time on the third row from the front. Bye. Bye.